Hello and welcome to Comic Book Herald's Road to Dawn of X, the X-Men relaunch here kicking off in 2019 following the events of House of X and Powers of Ten. I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. Today I'll be covering the X-Men stories that set the stage for Dawn of X, including House of X and Powers of Ten, the legacy of each of these six announced comics that are part of Dawn of X, plus one announced at New York Comic Con 2019 making a seventh, and some reckless theories for Wave 2 Dawn of X comics complete with fan-casted creative teams. That's right. We're going to get into what happened in House of X and Powers of Ten. What is going on in the world of X-Men that is setting the stage for this Dawn of X, which is Marvel's name for kicking off. It's a catch-all for the wave of new number one X-Men comics launching in the wake of this major event that just happened over the course of 12 weeks, House of X and Powers of Ten. It was a weekly comic book event Marvel just did. If you haven't been keeping up, if you've somehow been missing out, or plan to catch up via trade, via Marvel Unlimited, like a lot of readers do, it was particularly hard with this one because it's so good and so many people have been talking about it, but... If you haven't, I can catch you up. So this is going to be a spoiler-laden episode. For those of you who are unfamiliar with House of X and Powers of Ten, I would recommend going on back to either the content on comicbookherald.com. I've got reading orders checklist for everything you need to read to get caught up. Otherwise, of course, you can watch some of the videos I've been doing here on CBH, the Kraken Krakoa series, exploring House of X and Powers of Ten. But be forewarned, I will be spoiling some of the things that have happened as I summarize. Before I get into the content, getting into Dawn of X here, I have some patrons to thank. Thank you, Morgan Blackthorne, and thank you, Jeff Zacharias, for your support over on Patreon.com slash Comic Book Herald. You make all this content possible, including the Comic Book Herald YouTube channel, which if you like people, please like and subscribe. I'm getting real close to 1,000 subscribers, which would be a huge milestone for Comic Book Herald, and of course, the Best Comics Ever podcast. So thank you, Morgan and Jeff, for your support. That said, let's get into into it. Dawn of X. It's going to be this catch-all for the wave of new X-Men number ones launching a line of X-Men comics that will proceed into the foreseeable future into 2020. Those titles are going to be X-Men, and I probably should have pulled up the list before I started rattling them off. I'm pulling them up here on the Dawn of X checklist I've got on comicbookherald.com. X-Men, Marauders, Excalibur, X-Force, New Mutants, Fallen Angels, and then actually Wolverine in that Order. So we'll be talking about those today. But before we do so, before we get into what each of these series is, and I'm going to talk a little bit about the legacy of the naming of the series, of the creative teams, etc., and some sort of you know theories about what might happen, how did we get here? So a lot of times with Marvel Comics launching in 2019, we'd have the full history of the publisher to pull from. But in this case, a vast majority of what you want to know comes from the immediately preceding House of X Powers of Ten event by Jonathan Hickman, Pepe Larraz, R.B. Silva, Marty Gracia, and collaborators you know so there's a been a whole bunch of really exciting developments in what was not termed or like labeled an event comic necessarily at launch but very clearly like this is an event you know for all intents and purposes this is an event comic and that's good right that's okay so again spoiler alert i'm going to be summarizing what happened in house of x and powers of 10. For the purposes of this road to, I'll provide the short version. John Galati, writer supreme over at Comic Book Herald, and myself are going to be doing a long version, a deep dive. We're actually recording tomorrow, and I'm super excited to have an in-depth conversation about the series, about what we think about it. But for now, here's the short version, and it, it ain't that short. 
But since their inception in 1963's Uncanny X-Men number one by Jack Kirby and Stan Lee, the X-Men have very much been of the Marvel world, right? They live in upstate New York on Gray Malkin Lane at Professor Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters. They've moved around, sure, and they've been in space plenty, but generally the big picture for the X-Men has involved peaceful cohabitation between mutants and humans together in the world. Since Uncanny X-Men number four introduced Magneto in the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, the Marvel world of mutants has also been split into factions of heroes and villains. There have been alignment shifts, of course, take a bow for Magneto for doing it more than anyone, but generally this has also remained true for the big picture of X-Men and the defense of Charles Xavier's dream of peace between man and mutant. But here's the thing. Charlie, Charles Xavier, he had the wrong dream, right? In House of X, we're thrown into a world where mutant kind, and note that I am not specifically saying the X-Men here, is moving to an evolved Krakoa. The one-time enemy, one-time front lawn, the island that walks like a man, it's now the mutant stronghold of all mutants everywhere. Krakoa produces, essentially, drugs that humans will intensely desire, and mutant kind offers trade for these drugs in exchange for complete severity and amnesty on their mutants-only nation. Charles Xavier has put out a telepathic call to all humans notifying of them of this shift in philosophy and to all mutants welcoming them home. All mutants. One of the big reveals here in House of X and Powers of Ten, is that both traditional hero and villain archetypes are welcome on Krakoa, so long as they are mutants. Why? Why are Charles Xavier, Magneto, even Apocalypse, all working hand-in-hand toward a better mutant future? The surprising answer here is because of one Moira McTaggart. Okay? Apocalypse here in the Powers of Ten timeline. Moira McTaggart, why is she such a big deal in House of X Powers of Ten? For my money, the coolest reveal of the event and the idea that elevates it to the next level is the House of X number two retcon that Moira McTaggart, founder of the Muir Isle Research Institute, longtime friend of mutant kind, former romantic partner with Charles Xavier, woman who joined the X-Men as a housekeeper for like 50 seconds before rushing at a demon with a machine gun. She's a mutant. And not only is she a mutant, but she has the power of reincarnation, allowing her to relive lives, entire lives, with the full knowledge of what had come before. This opens all sorts of doors for previous, now dead, timelines, histories she has lived, and the knowledge she brings from those to her tenth life, that of House of X, or so we understand it. Oh, and also, mutants, uh, they can't die now, (laughs) basically. Uh, Resurrection protocols over on the island of Krakoa are strong. So we've got this situation, and and this should, you know, dramatically alter the storytelling potential in some absolutely fascinating ways as we move in to Dawn of X. So, Dawn of X. That was my House of X, Powers of Ten, in brief summary. <laughs> I covered a, a decent chunk, I suppose. Uh, one thing, you know, I do want to highlight here quick, again, if you are coming to this new is in this time or in this series, we get all these timelines through these amazing data charts that Hickman and, and Tom Mueller are doing um, in the pages of this event. And we get these 10 timelines. We have all sorts of different like events and things that have happened throughout Myra's life, building you know up to this point of this plan that she has for mutant kind. So Myra's kind of, not kind of, she's the most interesting character, I think, in this event. By far, she is pulling at the strings of of everyone from Magneto to Apocalypse to Professor X because of her mutant ability and what she knows. And all of that has set the stage for now this Dawn of X. We don't we still don't fully understand, I think, the extent of her plan. What we know is they're all all the mutants are on Krakoa or many, many 
mutants are on Krakoa, including the X-Men, and they now have this island nation of sorts, not quite Genosha, you know, not quite Island M, not quite Utopia. It's different this time with heroes and villains. And that's kind of a big tenant of House of X Powers of Ten. It's different this time. Here's how. So in Dawn of X, what we are going to see are six books, actually now seven, launching and telling all new stories, the first of which, the most exciting of which, to me, X-Men number one by Jonathan Hickman and Lionel Francis Yu. This is the core flagship title. Again, this is the only one, to our knowledge, that is going to be written by Hickman, the architect of House of X and Powers of Ten, uh, longer than six issues. He's going to be co-writing New Mutants, which we'll get to with Ed Brisson, but he is the you know core writer of X-Men. And this one is, as we understand it, it looks like it's going to primarily concentrate on Cyclops, who is the sort of uh, central command of, of Krakoan forces, and really any team that he looks to assemble. So like on the first issue, the first cover, it's very focused on the entire Summers clan, which is pretty amazing. We've got Vulcan, we've got young Cable. Cable's a, a teen now, um, not getting into that. Jean Grey, Havoc, Corsair, Rachel Summers, and uh, Wolverine, <laughs> who, not a Summers, let's, let's be clear, not a Summers. But this one's going to be super exciting. Hickman is one of my favorite Marvel writers of all time. Lionel Francis Yu is a fantastic artist. He's just coming off a really hot run on Captain America. So this book's going to be exciting, there's no doubt. Now, the legacy of X-Men as a title, Marvel's actually treating this as if it were Uncanny X-Men. Uh, there, that's the legacy numbering that they're going to be using. This all kind of gets into the semantics of of numbering because X-Men as a comic, like there are two different series. There's actually been an X-Men, just X-Men, and there's been Uncanny X-Men for a much longer stretch of time. They're calling this X-Men, but then they're legacy numbering it treating Uncanny X-Men. If that sounds confusing and not worth hacking into, you're right. <laughs> it probably is. So that's our first series. I think it's going to be exciting. This one's an automatic pull for me because it's written by Jonathan Hickman. But that's going to take us into the second book. So really from here, so all right, we have Hickman's full plan for the X-Men universe. He's promised years and years of storylines and ideas. And basically we have, since 2008, a, a universe, a Marvel-verse of Hickman, which is one of my favorite things in comics. Like literally, I'm going through and doing on Comic Book Herald right now my favorite comics of the decade. And number one on my list is the Marvel Hickman verse, even not counting like the first two years of his Marvel run. So obviously, I'm a huge fan. We're going to see where that's going. But what's going to be particularly interesting is in the Marvel Hickman verse, you know, he's written across series like Secret Warriors, Fantastic Four, Avengers, New Avengers, all building to, to um, uh, Secret Wars 2015. And he wasn't necessarily. Um, collaborating with other writers at this time like in the way that he's going to be doing now where you have these other series that he's not writing and and we don't know how much overlap there's going to be obviously at this point in time but the one series that have been promised to have the most overlap is marauders and this is a book it's going to be by jerry dugan and mateo lolly and it's basically the solicit Marvel put out here is led by Captain Kate Pride and funded by Emma Frost and the Hellfire Trading Club Company. Marauders Storm, Pyro, Bishop, and Iceman sail the seas of the world to protect those hated and feared. Marauders has never been a title in Marvel history before. There's never been a series called Marauders. The legacy of the name is it's typically referred or historically referred to Mr. Sinister's special ops forces, most notoriously responsible for the mutant massacre in the Morlock Tunnel. So honestly, it's a pretty odd 
designation to run with. Um, perhaps they, the X-Men and, and company are attempting to reclaim it a little bit now that, you know, there, there aren't these designations between good and evil mutants, or at least there don't, you know, not in the way that there have been historically. What we know about Marauders right now that's most interesting is it's going to be a big Hellfire Club book. We've already seen in the pages of House of X and Powers of Ten, Professor X and Magneto go to Emma Frost. We know that she's got some kind of power plays in mind. We, I already talked about on Kraken Krakoa, there's a big mystery over who the Red King or potential mystery over who the Red King of the Hellfire Club might be. You got Sebastian Shaw back in the mix. So I see this one being a very interesting, um, almost succession-esque book where you have these Hellfire Club powers vying for even more power. But then simultaneously, you have Kitty Pride leading uh, a, a pirate ship of mutants to defend the Krakoan nation and their trade interests. So... Very much looking forward to Kitty Pride, Bishop, Pyro, Storm, Iceman, all on a boat working together. The next series on the list is Excalibur. This is Marvel's tease here. You see Apocalypse. Some mutants are never satisfied. That's right. Apocalypse is a member of Excalibur. Now, this one's going to be by Teeny Howard and Marcus Two. It's going to be a new Captain Britain. I believe it's going to be Betsy Braddock. As Captain Britain, maybe we'll get Brian Braddock in the mix as well. Rogue, Gambit, Richter, Jubilee, and Apocalypse as a fascinating new addition to the Excalibur legacy. Now, the legacy of this series, it's a fairly deep launch into the Claremont era of X-Men. Chris Claremont, a writer who wrote X-Men for about 16 years, from 1975 to 1991, he launched Excalibur alongside Alan Davis as sort of a fantastical, uh, literal cross-time caper that uh, included... Typically, the characters Captain Britain as Brian Braddock, Kitty Pride, Nightcrawler, Megan, and Rachel Summers with additions throughout. But you know, obviously, this lineup, with the exception of Captain Britain, is quite different. Uh, so I think Apocalypse's involvement is going to be super interesting because obviously we've seen a lot of Apocalypse content throughout House of X and Powers of Ten. We know there's this whole thing with the secret history of his first horseman. We know that he's got this relationship to Krakoa and Arako, right? This this idea that Krakoa was split from what it was originally by some sort of ancient evil. So Apocalypse is going to be machinating. <laughs> that's not a word, but that's what he's going to be doing in the pages of Excalibur, and I, for one, am very much here to see it. It'll be interesting to see how he functions with more typically core X-Men characters. The next series on the list, X-Force number one. This one's by Ben Percy and Joshua Kassara. It's the CIA of mutants is how it's being billed. We got Gene, Beast, Sage, and Black Tom on intelligence, not Dracula, as has been widely speculated. And then we have, of course, Colossus, Wolverine, Kid Omega, a.k.a. Quentin Quire, and Domino on sort of a special ops team. So X-Force is a more typically, um, it's, it has a consistent history throughout X-Men. It's been a title since the early 90s, Rob Liefeld and company launching, uh, save that glorious stint where the title became Ecstatics in the early 1000s, or early 2000s, as most people refer to the turn of the millennium. But Maybe not Apocalypse, right? He probably is still talking about the early 1000s. Nonetheless, X-Force, you kind of know what to expect. They're doing the missions and the deeds that regular X-Men can't. Although in this case, they seem, again, like that CIA of Krakoa. That's a really interesting angle to take. Next up, again, another good legacy to this title, New Mutants. Like I mentioned, the first six issues are going to be co-written by Hickman and Ed Breeson with art by Rod Rice. And New Mutants, of course, has been around for, you know, a, it comes a, 
I don't know, six, seven years into the Claremont run on Uncanny X-Men, he launches New Mutants. Uh, the Claremont and Sienkiewicz run, Bill Sienkiewicz as an artist, is really sort of the defining moments of this series. I think it starts about issue 18, um, but that's going to introduce sagas like the Demon Bear. That's where the character Legion comes from. Uh, David Haller, which you may be familiar with from the FX series. But New Mutants, the core team, has historically been like Sunspot, Cannonball, Cypher, Warlock, Danny Moonstar, Karma, Wolfsbane. Uh, they're going to be around. They're going to space trying to find Cannonball. Uh, I think Cannonball's actually... I could be wrong on this, but he might have been in space ever since Hickman wrote him in Avengers. Uh, probably there's more to that story, surely, than than the last several years. But either way, if you're into sort of the younger generation of mutants, we're also going to get, you know, a new new mutants in the sense that there are young mutants now in the island nation of Krakoa, and we're going to see how they, characters maybe like Glob Herman, are responding to this new status quo for all of the X-Men. All right. The final of the initial Wave 1 Dawn of X titles is Fallen Angels. Is this the weirdest possible choice for a new series? It might well be. Fallen Angels, the legacy of this, and there is one, even though it hasn't been a series in a good long time, is uh, it was a limited series that uh, it, it launched in like the late 80s by Mary Jo Duffy and Carrie Gamble featuring Sunspot, Warlock, Boom Boom, and everyone from Bill the Lobster to Devil Dinosaur. It's a really oddball limited series that falls uh, like around New Mutants number 53. And I only know that because I have a full Chris Claremont era X-Men reading order over on comicbookherald.com. Perhaps I'll put that in the show notes. But Fallen Angels, like this isn't a, a legacy title or idea that has legs in the Marvel Universe. And it seems like it's probably going to be uh, really in title only. Like the connection there to to Fallen Angels, you know, I'd be surprised if they're actually picking up plot points because the book does appear to be centering around Psylocke. But even that is more complicated than it sounds because it specifically is focusing on Quanon, not Betsy Braddock as the person known as Psylocke, which like is historically very complicated. To say the Quanon continuity is complicated is frankly an understatement. But in short, she's a Japanese assassin with an extremely complicated past involving the hand. She had her mind swapped with Betsy Braddock, and that's how Betsy became Psylocke for a good long while. But now it's Quanon back in the persona of Psylocke. So just accept that, right? Like, it's easier to just accept that and move on than to try to sum up the history here in a Fallen Angels preview. This one's going to be by Brian Hill and Sisman Kudransky. It, it's probably the one I'm most interested to see where it's going because I have the least idea. Like, we've got Team Cable involved in X-23 and Quantum Psylocke. That's wild. And then the next series, we all know him. We all love him. He's back. His first solo ongoing since 2014, if you can believe it. Now there's been Old Man Logans, and there's been all New Wolverine, and there's interesting comics in there. I particularly like all New Wolverine by Tom Taylor, written with collaborators. But regular 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 wolverine super regular he's such a regular guy <laughs> he's back for the first time in five years since the death of wolverine event in 2014 this one's by ben percy and adam kubert all right there you have it that is the road to the dawn of x i'm super excited to see it i'm going to be tracking every single issue over on comicbookherald.com oh and we also have a tease that there's going to be some information about the deadly alliance of Magneto, Professor X, and Apocalypse, quite ominous, uh, in the incoming one-shot that is going to suggest or, or build to a lot of what's coming in 2020 
for Marvel Comics. So that'll be interesting to keep track of as well. But again, I'm going to be keeping track of every single related issue on comicbookherald.com, putting it in the reading order that I'll include in the show notes here, and I am quite excited to do so. Now, I mentioned at the beginning of this that I was going to tease my picks for 2014 uh, ideas of, of or 2014, good grief, I'm still on the Death of Wolverine idea. I'm going to tease my Wave 2 pitches for what this next wave of Dawn of X comics should be. And I've got to pull up. So I tweeted this out. I was having breakfast, and I spent the entire meal uh, out to eat, just enjoying a nice, it was Mental World Health Day. We got a, an hour late to work, late start day. And uh, I decided to spend the breakfast coming up with my fan-casted Dawn of X Wave 2 <laughs> titles, as one does. And for me, all right, I found it. For me, here are the titles. And this tweet got absolutely zero attention. So, yes, this is my very shameful, uh, embarrassing attempt to get my Twitter some attention. No, that's not what's happening here. It's just the place where I wrote it down. All right, first title, Moira X. Give me a 12-issue limited series with Marjorie Liu and Vanessa Del Rey as the creative team going into the lives of Myra McTaggart. I know she's going to be in the pages of X-Men behind the scenes, you know, with Hickman writing her. It's just there's no way that she's not. But, man, would I like to see more focus on the character in a limited series. Explore some of the timelines that have been unveiled as well, you know? Like, that would be fascinating as well. The next book I have on the list, Generation X by Ryan North and Martin Morazzo. Ryan North has proven himself as a great writer at Marvel on Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Martin Morazzo is currently doing art on Ice Cream Man, one of my favorite image comics books. I think they are the duo to relaunch Generation X for the kids. Sinister in a limited series by Kieran Gillen, Russell Dowderman, and Matt Wilson. You can't tell me. This wouldn't be extremely exciting. Mr. Sinister, of course, getting just this, like, sassy, wild version by Hickman, really expanding on work that Gillen laid in 2011 with his Uncanny X-Men run. And I would love to see a miniseries focused on the character. An event, X-Men Eternal, Hickman, and you. This connects to my Eternals theory that I laid out in the secret history of Apocalypse over on Kraken Krakoa. Is it likely? No. Is there an Eternals movie coming in the MCU and taking your biggest franchise and connecting them to the Eternals might be an interesting play? Yeah. Yeah. I think it could be. X-Men Eternal. Wait for it in 2020. And finally, let's relaunch X-Men Legacy with Chip Zdarsky and Nicola Scott. Zdarsky's been doing some interesting things with the continuity and history of Professor X in the pages of Invaders as it pertains to Namor. Let's bring that in to a new X-Men Legacy series. So there you have it. Those are my picks for what we should see in Dawn of X Wave 2. But of course, I'm getting ahead of myself. This is the road to just the plain old regular Dawn of X, and that is what is coming next. So hopefully this sets the stage for you for Dawn of X. I'm super excited for it. X-Men number one is coming soon. I believe it's going to be the week of October 14th. It should be October 16th then, if uh, if I can do math in my head on the fly, which, mm, debatable. But you got it here. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you like Comic Book Herald, the channel, please like and subscribe. Please subscribe to the podcast on Bikes Comics Ever. And if you like the website, go on over to comicbookherald.com, tell a friend, and check out all the new cool content we got coming regularly. Stay tuned on CBH's Hickman's X-Men reading order for Dawn of X updates as issues are released. In the meantime, thanks, everybody, and enjoy the comics. (laughs) 